It's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to meet the Muppets on the Muppet Movie tonight as we talk about the Muppet Movie. Theme song guy. On this podcast, we let it go because Akuna Matata and the bare necessities will always be our guide to infinity and beyond. All it takes is faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. We know that life is better under the sea because on this podcast, we do Disney. Hi there. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Kelly Meehan, and welcome to Doing Disney. I'm so glad to be joined today by the flying cow himself, the creator, showrunner, and host of movie battles, Clay Johnson. Clay, thank you so much for joining me today. No problem, Kelly. It's exciting to be here and help you with uh, with your podcast. I do so many of my own. It's great <laughs> to actually be a guest for a change. Lovely. And of, of course, I've got to have you on here to talk Muppets. I'm really excited to get into the Muppet movie with you today. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely love the Muppets. And, you know, in adding Muppets to movie battles, I have mm-hmm. been saddened as to how few people actually <laughs> know the Muppets. It is proven but... to be the Achilles heel of season two. <laughs> Yeah, it has, but uh, definitely excited to talk about it today. Start at the beginning. The Muppet Movie, released in 1979 and directed by James Frawley. It features the Muppet performance Jim Henson, Frank Oz, Jerry Nelson, Richard Hunt and Dave Goals, as well as performances by Charles Durning, Austin Pendleton and many cameo guest stars. The movie starts with the wide ensemble of the Muppets in the theatre to watch the Muppet Movie. We see Kermit the Frog in a swamp performing the Rainbow Connection when a Hollywood agent who was lost happens upon him. He encourages Kermit to follow a newspaper ad looking for performing frogs and Kermit sets off for Hollywood. He meets Fuzzy Bear at the El Slezo Cafe and is spotted by Doc Hopper, a fried frog legs restaurateur who becomes enamoured with Kermit and must have him be the spokesperson for his franchise. Along Kermit's journey, we see him meet various Muppets, including Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, Scooter, Gonzo, and Miss Piggy, who falls in love with Kermit at first sight. Relentlessly pursued by Doc Hopper, the film culminates in a confrontational high noon style showdown where Kermit tries to plead to Doc Hopper about hopes and dreams, but Doc is unmoved. Just as Kermit is about to be killed, an experiment involving Instagrow tablets developed by Dr. Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker enlarges Animal, who scares off Hopper and his crew. The film ends with the Muppets meeting studio executive Lou Lord, who provides them with a standard rich and famous contract as we end on an ensemble performance of The Rainbow Connection. Tale as old as time. So, Clay, what are your first memories of both The Muppets and The Muppet Movie? Because I know it is very hard to separate the two sometimes. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I I basically, like, grew up with the Muppets. The the Muppets are like one of the earliest things that I remember just being really attached to. It was any anything with Muppets in it, Winnie the Pooh and uh, Ernest Films. Nice. Um, so yeah, those were the things that I would go to any anytime. Muppets has always been like comfort food for me. Like I distinctly remember a few times when I was sick home from school, just watching the Muppets movies. And we didn't own them, which means that after she found out I was sick, my mother went and rented them and brought them back for me to watch. Oh, that's lovely. So I also remember learning how to make puppets with 
with paper bags and making all the Muppets. I don't know if I loved the Muppets because I loved puppets or if I loved puppets because I loved the Muppets. So, so the Muppet movie, the first one, has just always been around or would you, were they a trilogy usually? Yeah, I mean, I at the time that I would have been that age, because I'm an early 80s kid, they were actually actively coming out during me growing up. I definitely remember watching the first three a lot at home. Muppet movie, Great Muppet Caper, Muppets Take Manhattan. I remember going to see the Muppet Christmas Carol when it came out in theater. Same thing for Muppet Treasure Island. Nobody cares about Muppets from Space. I was going to say, the less said about Muppets from Space, the uh, better. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think with the exceptions of the ones that I was either not alive or too young for, I have seen all the other Muppets movies in theater and remember doing so. So, yeah. Um, my my memories are a little bit more vague because as I sort of said Muppets growing up it's just that pop culture staple it's like Mickey Mouse Bugs Bunny Mario like it's just always in your knowledge almost like it's hard to remember where it's come from I I remember probably Muppet Babies is my earliest introduction like I remember that on VHS yeah love Muppet Babies so good I had to do a bit of a YouTube wiki because I remember in the vaguest parts of my early memory, a VHS with Kermit singing Kokomo. And I'm like, okay. why do I remember this? And it's from the, it's not easy being green Muppet sing-along okay. on VHS. Okay. And Kokomo nice. is the first song in that. So that is my absolute most earliest memories of the Muppets. Wow. And that maybe so that just amazing. explains my, my love of the song because it's an atrocious song, but I just love it to <laughs> death. It's a guilty pleasure for sure. Um, so yeah. when I looked looked at, at the VHS track list, I remembered a few more because I remember they did Octopus's Garden. So that one's in my brain as well. Sure. That's wow. a top 10 Beatles to me. That's another guilty pleasure. Love that one. Um, I'll, I'll have to look this up because I don't know that I've yeah. seen a lot of this uh, cover stuff. That sounds, I mean, you put them up, it's in anything and it's, it's, it's gold. Well, they have, <laughs> this is off like the Beach Party album or something like that. Okay. And, and Muppets and music is just goes so hand in hand. So yeah. but also on this VHS apparently was Rainbow Connection and Moving Right Along, which I don't remember because my, my first memories of really sinking my teeth into this movie is only a fair few years ago because I realized right. this was just a gigantic blind spot. Um, growing up in the 90s, I'd yeah. seen Treasure Island a lot. I'd seen Christmas Carol, Muppets right. from Space, and I loved the 2011 Muppets. But the original trilogy... I, I had yeah. not seen. So I don't know, was it just, did I not see it at the VHS store? Was it not big right. in Australia? I, I wonder, because Sesame Street's huge, but the Muppets, less so, in, in my opinion, from, from my wow. perspective. I don't was remember he, them being on TV as much. Yeah, I, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, obviously, Australia and the UK are different, but they mm. were huge in the UK because most of the Muppets stuff shot o- yes. over in, in, uh, in the UK. So yeah, like, and... The fact that you're telling me the first three, in my opinion, that's when the Muppets were the best because yes. it was it was before the death of Jim Jim Henson, which I remember the day hearing the news because Jim Henson actually died the same day as Sammy Davis Jr. Mm-hmm. And I remember like I had a vague idea of who Sammy Davis Jr. was because he'd been on a couple shows I really liked watching. But Jim Henson, like that was huge for me. Like, yeah. and I just remember in, in my head just being like, 
well, that's going to be really sad. I guess Kermit's gone. Cause I, I knew, yeah. you know, I, I, I already at that age, I already knew Jim Henson was the performed Kermit. So I, I just remember thinking they should bury Kermit with Jim Henson, you know, oh, all this kind of stuff. That's course, the end of the Muppets. Then, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, that, that's just what I thought in my brain course, then come to find out Kermit wasn't even his favorite character. His favorite character was Walt Rolf, which is why Rolf, didn't really make an appearance in any of the movies for a very long time because they kind of, I mean, I think he was present, but never voiced um, mm. uh, for a while because it was kind of like a, you know, a, a tribute. It's my favourite part because you'll see. So in the Muppet movie, what's yes. your favourite scene? Hard question. Oh, my God. Okay. What so- are some top scenes? You, you you sent me this list of favorite things and mm-hmm. I'm just like very Julie Andrews of I me. don't yeah it's so like I don't think there's a single one of these things that I have a single answer for so I'm I'm very sorry it, it's so hard because there are just what is great about the Muppets is that they have the free reign to be as crazy insane as they want because they are the muppets there are no rules for them they constantly break the fourth wall which i love they do like all there are literally there are literally scenes in other movies where they have uh behind the scenes conversations in the scene and it's like what what are you this is this is insane but genius at the same time and it's one of those things because they they love puns, they love wordplay. Just the Muppets being in a scene could be considered a joke. So there's constantly potential for humor when the Muppets are around. So when it came to my favorite scene, I love the once we get past the framing device, the movie within the movie, the actual movie, that opening scene, the Rainbow Connection, it's a freaking music video. It is so, and yeah, I, I know that there are apparently homages to like, I think somebody mentioned that that opening shot is an homage to like a B movie that was um, done a few years earlier called The Frogs or something like that. Uh, I, I don't know a lot of the, I mean, I will say the references that are, that are in here it's so densely packed with with references that I, being a person who was not a, a living adult during that time, I will never get half of them. But they still hold up. It's not bad comedy because you don't get the reference. It's still funny. It's just there's a, a secondary layer layer that if you do get the reference, it's just you know an extra crackerjack prize course rainbow connection the song is just amazing so I, I love that scene i love everything associated with the el Slizo cafe that's my number one as well that's what i've got that's, first there is the jokes the cameos mm-hmm. the just one-liners it's just it is insane one of the most kind of pathetic jokes but so like the way that it's paid off so well done in the El Slizo Cafe uh and then of course also you know it's the introduction of Fozzie which I love Fozzie 
Fozzie's always been one of my my favorite characters. There, there's that. You know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the cameo of Paul Williams, who was also a songwriter in this. He played the piano player. Just about every like long lasting songs the Muppets has, has ever done, you'll probably find Paul Williams' name associated. Yes, he long. Uh, working, been associated with them for a very long time. So then uh, the moving right along sequence, I just love that because of, and we'll talk more about the song itself, but just the the visual gags in there. Fork in the, the road. Fork in the, there I it love is. the fork in the road. And I think this is one of the first times that I noticed there's a, um, there's a bit where you know suddenly they're in a, a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. If you pay attention as the uh, wipers are going, you can see spring trees through the other windows. But I love that scene because it is Kermit and Fozzie. Mm-hmm. It's Jim Henson and Frank Oz. You know when they started the the Muppets, it was really a group. Jim Henson and Frank Oz, I think, have always been the most synonymous with kind of being the head of the Muppets. So kind of seeing them in this space, kind of just playing together. Obviously, you know, there's some great double acts in the Muppets, but Kermit and Fozzie has always been one of my favorites. Me too. On that scene as well, you get the, um, the Big Bird cameo which I really appreciate. When I was watching yes. it, I was like, oh, wow, they're really doing that little crossover bit there. So I appreciate that. Well, and and I love that they're on their way to Hollywood, Hollywood. breaking the movies and he's on his way to New York, New York. to break into public television. <laughs> oh I'm like, God. who dreams of breaking into public television? <laughs> Only Big Bird. Yes. And then I, I love the fourth wall breaking scene uh, with the electric mayhem in the church with the script Fozzie is yes Fozzie is. is like well we did that and he's like no, 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 you're gonna bore the audience just let him le- read the screenplay and I'm like that is brilliant I love that that's just the uh, the, the plot device of the movie within the movie and and the mm-hmm. love of movies throughout the film is what I find the most fascinating about the Muppet movie and what I think yeah. um is the most sustained because yeah. the movies have only just grown since then and people's love of movies. Obviously, we're playing trivia leagues, you know, dedicated to movies now. Yeah. So when they when they have, I always thought the opening was that Rainbow Connection cloud scene. Yeah, you, you forget about the, the framing device sometimes. Yeah. Exactly, that the Statler and Waldorf in the limo are pulling up and private screening because they're scared to make it public. Like, that is the Which best way I, to open a I, I, I will say I do love that because he literally says, we're here to heckle the Muppet movie. They, oh, they invited someone to come heckle the Muppet movie? Only the Muppets, yes. But I forget right. that. And with, like, Kermit trying to make his speech and Miss Piggy there and things like that. Yeah. So, I, I, and I think also because we do think of Rainbow Connection as probably the biggest um, part of the film. It, it's the most yeah. um, influential. And you do get the credits on that cloud scene. So I'm sort of like, well, I do understand why I thought yeah. that. But introducing that straight at the beginning, we're watching a movie of a movie is so clever. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you get to the this, the um, Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem with the script, it's just, it's all those extra layers that they're adding on top of it. It's just so clever. Yeah. Well, and also I think adding that theater element 
kind of brings in a little bit of the Muppet show as well, because to this point, that was the biggest connection that the public had with, with the Muppets was the Muppet show. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of like, we're, we're still in this theater setting. We're still, we've got our own movie, but we're still kind of these lovable losers putting on our show yeah yeah exactly because that that's one thing that i've loved about the muppets is that even at their best they are depicted as kind of not actually being good at anything i i think that's one of the things that endears uh you so much to the muppets is that kind of ragtag misfit don't really fit in but at the same time that's kind of what makes you so great I've got a couple real quick because yeah. I, I, I do, I have a, a, a question to flip to you. Let's do it. I'm going to briefly mention as part of my favorite scene list, <laughs> um, both the Steve Martin cameo and mm-hmm. the Mel Brooks cameo, mm-hmm. because in my opinion, they're two of the best. And I mean, there's a ton in this film. And then also I love the, uh, the confrontation with Hopper at the end. It's probably the only one on this list that's not, I like it because it's funny. It's just, I love the way that it's kind of wrapped up and just kind of, we see the the heart of Hopper. He's still willing to kill Kermit after Kermit's heartfelt speech and everything. So what do you I, like about the Steve Martin cameo? Okay. Uh, I mean, everything. Uh, <laughs> Steve Martin, just being Steve Martin, just his whole just kind of like, Being someone who works in customer service, I get his entire vibe. Yes. Just this, really? Yeah. And what can I do for you? Like that sort of thing. Oh, thank (laughs) you. Thank you. you. That that whole thing. And, uh, you know, would you like to smell the bottle cap? Just oozing condescension every single moment. The taste the wine spits it out excellent choice it should be for 95 cents great it's great and then you know the 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 mel brooks just hamming up every single moment and there's jokes it's another one of those scenes where there's just jokes upon jokes upon jokes in that scene and it's just great so i was going to use that to lead into do you have a favorite cameo in this film. Well, let's chuck it back to El Slazo Cafe then. Sure. I, I will say mine probably is Steve Martin. I love Mel Brooks' cameo, yeah. but it, it's got to be Steve Martin. I, I completely agree. I think the Steve Martin cameo. I enjoy the Mel Brooks, and as you said, it's hammy, but it borders a little bit on silly for me, whereas the sure. Steve Martin, I, as you said, there's that kernel of truth in there, which makes the comedy even greater. Yeah. And just young Steve Martin, like in his prime Steve Martin, is great to see. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and it, it's, it's one of those performances that kind of grows. On. I, I remember, you know, not really thinking anything of it as a, as a kid. But as you get older and you can relate. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, it lives. Yes. Yeah. Um, but else Lizzo, I'd say that's one of my favorite scenes. So straight away, Kermit pulls up, James Coburn comes flying out. That's right. the toughest, meanest, filthiest pest hole on the face of the earth. Kermit says, you complain to the owner. Yeah, and it's the delivery of that because it's not wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He's not being over the top with it. It's just, yeah, it's so straight up, and that's what makes it work. If you did it nowadays, it'd be like someone. I am the owner. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, 
Whereas the way he delivers it is just perfect. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's, it's still a joke, but it's, mm. it's that. It's yeah. So you walk in and it's got that good old Western saloon vibe going to it. Yeah. Please don't shoot the piano player. And as you said, Paul Williams on the piano. I love that great touch. Um, oh. I've only seen a few Mel Brooks films and Clue, sure. but Madeline Kahn makes me just so incredibly happy to watch her on screen. Young Frankenstein, when it's her at the train station um, and he's on the train, that is one of my absolute most favourite scenes in any movie ever because, as you said, like, that's what I relate to when she's like, oh, the lipstick, oh, I've just done my nails, oh, it's Taffeta, darling. (laughs) I live for it because I've had that conversation so many times. So when when they bump (laughs) elbows and just so in love. Yeah. Oh, I just, and I, I, so I just adore Madeline Kahn. I love Madeline Kahn. I don't know if you if you've never seen it, you should definitely seek out the film What's Up Doc. Her her character is probably the the one treated the worst in the film, but I think that she takes what could be a very down the middle shrewish kind of the butt of the jokes character and just does an amazing job. She oh, her, her comedy shops are unparalleled. It's yeah. great. Oh, she's phenomenal. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. And, um, and we don't get her a lot in this movie, so I can't put it up there. No, but, no, but she's, what we get that is one quick buy me scene. a drink sailor. Yeah. That, that's it. And buy then me get, a drink sailor. Yeah. And then Just you get that, Kelly Savalas as well come in. Yeah. Um, and you get the myth joke start running with um Carol, Carol Kane. Carol Kane. Uh, yeah. Okay, so that joke, I mean, I, I was going to talk about that when we got to fav- to quotes. Quotes? Oh, save it my then. list. Save it then. We'll come back okay. to it. We'll come back around. Because okay. the running gags in the film is something to behold as well. The other scene I really like is with Bernie the Agent and Dom DeLuise. So that caveat yes. as well. Yeah. At the start. I, I honestly, I thought about listing that one. I mean, that that's the, the beginning of the Hare Krishna joke. The, yes. You know, yeah, there's just great stuff there. Well, it's just just Kermit. We just get rainbow connection. So we yeah. get that heartfelt moment. And then it's just Kermit sitting on his log and you get Bernie the agent come up in his rowboat. And that's what really kicks off their movie. I'm an absolute sucker for what launches a film in the plot device. And that's it. When he pulls yeah. out variety and here's the frog and I'm going to Hollywood. Haven't you ever heard it? Hollywood. I just, yeah. I live... And as you sort of said earlier, like um, you might not get all the jokes, but the reverence the Muppets has for old Hollywood is something I'll always appreciate. They walk this very fine line of showing respect for things while at the same time kind of poking, poking fun, fun a at bit. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like we respect this stuff, but we respect it enough to not hold it up on a on a pedestal. We we respect it enough to admit that it's got flaws mm-hmm. and they're funny. The, the the puns were played, set up punchlines. Like it all, it, st- it kicks off in that scene even more than the framing device. Like that's really oh, yeah. like the launch throughout the film. I, I do have to say though, this was actually the last um, performance of Edgar Bergen. Yes. Um, in any film. In fact, it's dedicated it to died him. before yeah. it came out. Yeah. So they dedicated it to, because I mean, that's just a great nod because Edgar Bergen, for people that don't know, was a famous ventriloquist. So it is basically a new generation of puppet performers. Kind of, it's kind of a passing of the torch yes, kind of yes. thing. And it's just, it's a, it's kind of a beautiful moment. Him and Charlie McCarthy 
making their last big screen present. You ain't never had a friend like me. So Clay, who's your favorite character from the film? This one is uh, hard. I do get it. It's very hard. You have, it's, well, you have the outside influence of the other movies and the films and things like that. So it's hard to separate who's your favorite Muppets from who's your favorite Muppets in all the characters in this film. So on right. a whole, who's your top yeah. three Muppets from the whole series? I'm glad you said top three because it's exactly what I have. Good. Um, I have always, even before I found out he was uh, Jim Henson's favorite Muppet, I've always had a soft spot for Rolf. I love Rolf. And what I think is great about the, Rolf is, and I think it's probably one of the reasons that Jim Henson loved him so much, is that he's never overused. He is always used in the exact right place. I, I love his placement in the, this film. Once again, we're going to talk about the songs. His whole scene with Kermit, you know, playing the bartender. I mean, no, he's not a bartender. He's a piano player. But he's basically playing the role of a bartender in this because that is like yeah. the perfect, that is Rolf. Rolf is that kind of understanding ear that is probably as bad off as you are, but it, at the same time is, is willing to listen to your troubles kind of thing. I've just always really loved the, the way they use Rolf. I mean, basically he's Norm if he played Norm from Cheers, if he played the piano. Yes. Uh, he's just that kind of lovable schlub that even though he's not, you kind of feel like he's a little better than you even though he's probably on equal footing, but just he's got that sage wisdom that kind of, that you just trust him. Who yeah. else is some of your favorites? I love especially the weirdest version of Gonzo. There are definitely things sometimes that, that Gonzo does that I'm just like, okay, that's just weird for weird sake. It's Gonzo, it's fine. Doesn't necessarily work for me, but then there are things that are just, okay, he does a bit in this film. I've got it listed in my favorite quotes, but I don't need to do it in quotes because I can explain it better here. The scene where the two vehicles run into each other, his plumbing vehicle ends up upside down on top and they end up coming into the vehicle. And the first thing we see from Gonzo is him jumping up and down in the car. And they're like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm hopping. They were like, why are you hopping? Because I'm hopping mad. And I was like, that is the dumbest so joke. Stupid. But somehow that works. The way they stepped into that joke, you knew, you saw it from a mile away, but because of the way it was delivered, and it who's somehow it? works. Yeah. yeah. Gonzo is yeah. um, not as much used in this film, which I find interesting. No, I mean... It's always the thing of ensembles. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always going to be some that get more than others. I will say they use Gonzo a lot more in the later films, especially, you know, after the death of Jim Henson, because mm -hmm. at a certain point, Dave Goals is still the, is now the only original member of the Muppets. He is still voicing Gonzo. So there definitely has been kind of an evolution of Gonzo. I think that's another reason that I like him so much is that he has 
kind of endured. And even though he's different, there are parts of his personality that have and never will change. His willingness to do absolutely anything, his kind of uh, love of pain. The great Gonzoisms, you know, yes. It, yeah, exactly. You know, just that that off the wall craziness, it's subdued, but it's still there. And then who's the third to run out your top three? Fozzie. Yeah. Love Fozzie. Like I said, um, I didn't list Kermit in here partially because Kermit's the straight man. Yes. So for for this, Kermit is the the audience's point of view while at the same time being the straight man for everybody else. So he is great and does great in this film, but the ones that whose performances I just am drawn to in this film are these three and Fozzie like I said is kind of I've always kind of thought of Fozzie as Kermit's best friend yes agreed. Thing. Yeah. you know even though I don't think it's ever explicitly been said that pairs together of, a lot yeah exactly Miss Piggy is his love interest mm-hmm. Ker- Fozzie's his best friend he'll have great scenes with Rolf and great scenes with with Gonzo and things like and they're all friends as well but I've always felt like Fozzie is Kermit's sad sack best friend. And that that's that's kind of another reason that I am drawn to Fozzie is that he is he's kind of like I said the the Muppets themselves are kind of this ragtag group of misfits and no one more so than Fozzie who insists on doing a career that he's horrible at. <laughs> In fact, he's the funniest when he's not trying to be funny. Just kind of the epitome of that lovable loser kind of thing. My top three, we've got a bit of overlap. Definitely Fozzie Bear. Fozzie's, Fozzie's character I would think on the outside I really wouldn't enjoy because I technically usually like a bit more witty humour and sometimes sure. it can be a lower standard, but he's just so endearing right. and lovable that he he makes it. So like in yeah. The Muppets 2011, when he's wearing like um, whoopee cushion fart shoes, that shouldn't be funny, but I can't help but laugh at it. And it's so yeah. stupid, but, yeah. but it's Fozzie yeah. who makes it. it. It's that lovable quality. And I, I would think like waka waka is a phrase that would get on my nerves, but it just doesn't get old. It doesn't get yeah. old. Yeah. So, so well, Fozzie. It's, it's also not overused. True. You know, he, he honestly doesn't say it that much. It is kind of thought of as his catchphrase, but uh, I think he does it maybe twice in this film. Yeah, it'd be about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think during his set and then uh, at the end when they're prepping for for the movie. You're right. It's when it's usually like he's on set and doing his jokes and doing his bits. It's it's not just in the wild sort of feeling. Right, right. Yeah. Also in this film, I've never heard the word Studebaker mentioned so much, but I, I just know, right? a bear's natural habitat. A bear in his natu- natural habitat, a Studebaker. Studebaker. <laughs> <laughs> so I think in, in this film, Fuzzy would be my favourite, but usually I love, um, I, I'm really surprised. I had never heard that Ralph was Jim Henson's favourite because I always find him to be very underappreciated and underrated. And But yeah. because I love music and I love pianos, that's a character I've always been very drawn to. And he's very lovable as well, well, so. Well, and also, you know, when you were growing up, the films you were watching didn't have a lot of Rolf because that was mm-hmm. post-Death of Jim Henson. I feel like the first time he spoke again was in Muppets from Space, sadly. 
Miss Piggy is definitely a go-to for me. She is an absolute icon. We don't have an abundance of female characters in the Muppets. I was thinking the other day. It doesn't bother me. It it gives me very much Star Wars vibes. We're like, but we had Princess Leia, who was awesome. You know, so we have Miss Piggy, who is amazing. Yeah, I mean, when the Muppets started off, it really was, it was four guys, four Mm. four or five. Eventually, they would expand and they would add women even in the Muppets, the women are vo- voiced by men. Yeah. So, you know, there, there really isn't a whole lot of, you know, and there, there are definitely a lot more female Muppeteers now, but those quintessential Muppet characters and the, especially even the, the females, which really there's just Miss Piggy. There's yeah. also Janice, Janice but yeah. not, not she- as much. Yeah, she never, she was always good for a one-liner. I, I think she had a gag in one of the movies where every time there would be like a crowd scene, everybody would stop talking and Janice would be in the middle of a very embarrassing story. Like, I, I don't care what you say, I'm not going to take my clothes off. Oh, what? You know, just, <laughs> yes. I, I will say, whereas a lot of other characters after when being voiced by, by other by other performers found their spot after the death of Richard Hunt. I don't think anybody ever did Janice justice. Mm. But yeah, um, Miss Piggy, she's just an absolute icon. Style icon. I love how she looks in this film because that's always what I'm, I'm looking for is like, what's Miss Piggy wearing? How's she look? What's the style? <laughs> I love it. I love that she grows and adapts and evolves and is now dressed well, by and- major designers. Yeah. And what's great is that that's exactly what Miss Piggy would want you to recognize about her. Very true. I love her mannerisms, the French, the voice, her love for Kermie. And and then you get the um, martial arts in there, which is the upset, which is just so great. It just flips flips it on its head a little bit. Yeah. Which is something I didn't mention about the, uh, the Mel Brooks cameo that, fight scene with the angry eyes is is amazing it's so and and you know also the the build up to that where the whole time she's just telling she's just telling kermit she's like i have complete faith in you and he's like okay uh and he's just like okay i'm gonna get out of these ropes amazing like she's just like like their their dialogue during that is because she is so like I know I've got total faith in you. And then she, of course, ends up being the the one one. that gets them free. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. So when I was thinking of this question, I immediately, you go to the Muppets. I wasn't really thinking about the um, human performer roles as much because as you said, like we've got a lot of cameos, but really we only have Doc Hopper and Max as throughout the film in more than one scene. So I, I think... They're great, but they're just there in the background. It's really the Muppet movie for a reason. Is there a particular Muppet for this film that stands out to you? Particularly for this film? I mean, I I don't know. Like, I've always kind of seen the the Muppet films as, like, a, a stage for the Muppets to get to show off. They, they always have that kind of, they, they give moments for each of their characters to kind of have their moment and show off. We get that brief moment of uh, the, the Swedish chef running the, the projection booth. 
Why would you have the Swedish chef running the production booth? I don't know, but it was a stroke of genius. You even you get uh, crazy Harry with his demolition stuff. So, uh, I mean, one that particularly stands out for this film, not really. I just see it as I the way I always see the Muppets, which is as as an ensemble, everybody getting a moment kind of to show off. Sure. You know? So. Yeah, there there wasn't really like one that I felt like this is this movie is where they have their best performance or anything like that. For, like, for me, it's Kermit. This is Kermit's sure. movie. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's honestly most of them are Kermit's movies. He's definitely the the driving force, yes. and you know, he's he's the first one we meet, kind of the introduction uh, to the whole thing. So yeah, I mean, you know, it, it definitely it is his movie, but. I guess I, I I suppose with the Muppets I have a, a habit at least in speaking of them of taking Kermit out granted of because yes well be, because Kermit's great everybody knows Kermit's great yes not necessarily everybody knows you know how great Rolf is or how great Gonzo is or the Swedish Chef uh, I I just feel like the effusive praise for for Kermit is just kind of built in by talking about the Muppets. One song. I have but one song. We finally reached that point. Let's talk the music in the film. Okay, so uh, I mean, I, I I told you like this. It's impossible for me to only talk about one song because I personally feel, and you know, I I, I love all the Muppets films. I think all of the ones that have music, the the music is is great in all of them that's just kind of I, you said it before the Muppets are kind of known for great music I would say though as a whole as a soundtrack I think this is the best Muppet film soundtrack um there's in my opinion there's not a weak one among amongst the bunch there are definitely ones I like more than others but I think they all um, are amazing for the scenes that they are in. So I think they they all deserve something to be said about them. So I did kind of rank these in order. Um, Let's do so, that. Yeah, because uh, I do have a favorite. I, I did also want to talk about the others because I there's just so many things I love about all of these. I put on the bottom, never before, never again. Agreed. Um, which is the song that Piggy sings when she first sees Kermit. The reason I did that is because when you watch this in the movie, that scene, that song, that moment is hilarious. The, th this is one of those moments I was talking about when I said that there are so many references in that song. I feel like almost every single scene in that song is a reference to something from the 30s commercials in the 70s. Once again, though, I think that seeing those visuals is funny enough without getting those references that it doesn't really hurt it. I think okay. it's, an, it's, it's an extra prize if you do know the reference. The reason for me that it's on the bottom is that Every other song in this uh, soundtrack, I can listen to, just listen to without the movie and still 
love and enjoy. When I'm listening to this on the soundtrack, I often skip it yeah. because it's not as funny without the visuals. Agreed. Um, I mean, there, once again, with the Muppets, there is an inherent uh, comedy in Miss Piggy singing this song. And, you know, Frank Oz's performance as Miss Piggy <laughs> is- Next level. The, the way he came up with that is insane. Without the visuals, it's just not as strong. That's why I put it at the bottom. I have very similar feelings. I mean, there has to be a Miss Piggy song. And in yes. this one, we have the very classic love song, Miss Piggy dreaming of a love at Kermit. That, that shot, the zoom in on Kermit's face when she first sees him. So yeah, great. great. So it's, it's ripping on those cliche romantic scenarios, as you sort of said. So we have the rowboat and they're in their like traditional Victorian garb almost and Kermit drowning in the water, almost hilarious. Yeah, that, that whole thing. <laughs> That us just watching Kermit drown and then yeah. to back up to see how Miss Piggy is reacting to it. It <laughs> is it's it's the same thing that happens in that Mel Brooks cameo yes. where she's just like perfect, amazing. And he's just like struggling trying to get out of the rope. Yeah, it's it's great. And we, we see Kermit in like the traditional romantic novel, big open flowing white shirts so just those yeah. those little references are great but I, I agree I like the song it's the one I don't find the melody getting stuck in my head so I think that's what I find it, it's it's generic love song but I think that's the intention what's your yeah. next one what's your next bottom um so next after that and I I kind of struggled here and I I ended up putting one ahead simply because of the uh the performance uh next up I've got moving right along wow um, yeah like i said i love that song i love that scene i it was amongst my favorite scenes but the others there are just things that hit me about those songs especially on this this uh rewatch that i had to put them a, a little bit higher but moving right along like i said is is like a quintessential trip song it's the road trip song it's packed with jokes it's Kermit and Fozzie being best friends and hanging out. And it's, it, it's great. It's great. This would be my second favorite from the film, because okay. as, as you sort of said, like with, um, when you talk about the Muppets, you sort of take Kermit out because of course it's so great. So it's similar to when you think of the music, you've always got to be like, okay, well, what's your favorite song after the rainbow connection? What else, what, what else do you go looking for? This one is yeah. so infectious. This melody just gets stuck in your head so badly. I, I, I will say I can't tell you how many road trips I've ever been on where I just go moving right along. Exactly. Nobody has any clue what I'm talking about. And I'm just sad. I like seeing Kermit play the banjo and that you're still seeing him play it from the first scene. Like they, they continue that throughout the films. So that's great. And the da-dum, da-dum. And, and as you said, the jokes, the bear in his natural habitat, the Studebaker, that's just. Yeah. The fork in the road. Fork in the road. The, uh, send someone to get us. We're in Saskatchewan. You know, and, gee, I've never seen the sun come up in the West. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just the, yeah, just great, great stuff. <laughs> What's your next one? Okay. So this one narrowly beat out moving right along. Okay. Because I've got, uh, I hope that something better comes along. Okay. Because I love Rolf. Mm -hmm. And I, I will say, this one went down because the, the ideas are a little regressive, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, you, the views towards women are a little <laughs> reductive. But 
you take that out of it and you've got this duet between two buds that are both played by Jim Henson. Jim Henson is having a duet with himself That's in it. this song. I will say it, it is obvious, at least at the end, that he's not, you know, live switching necessarily. I mean, I don't know how the, the scene itself was done, but because there is that bit where they sing together at the same time. The fact that he could and probably rehearsed it switching back and forth. It's so impressive yes. to see two characters voiced by the same performer having this, this fun little scene. Rolf, Rolf do, does the, the line, a lover and... A, a lover and wife gives you a new leash on life. And he goes, uh, is that a new leash on life? Oh yeah, sorry about that. The dog and frog puns in the lyrics are, are very well Oh, it's well great. Done. I mean, probably my favorite bit from the song is um, the pitter-patter of souls, the little feet of tadpoles. Uh, Rolf, uh, tadpoles don't have feet. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry about, about that. that. Two, three, four. <laughs> But yeah, I, I just, I, I love that song. It's so much fun to sing along with. And that, that switching just, just gets me. I, I like the song, but I, I do find it quite forgettable. And I a little bit okay. feel like it's a little shoehorned in, but I, I like Rough okay. the Dog. So I'm not going to say cut it. And I like sure. the, the jam session aspect of it. So as you said, sort of earlier, he's playing the bartender role of yeah. um, being that ear. So having Kermit come along and they're just like busting out these lyrics and there's a little bit of melody together. I, I, I do like it. I like the, um at the end, and Ralph says, um, ha, it's not often you see a guy who's so green. Have that the green blue. get the blues that bad. I yeah. love that. Any wordplay on the blues for some reason just really cracks yeah. me up. It's great. <laughs> What's your next choice? Okay, so then after that, I have Can You Picture That? Yep. Um, the Electric Mayhem song because that song, I think I didn't really, I didn't have an appreciation of it for the longest time. Honestly, it was listening to it on the soundtrack that really made me appreciate that song. Because if you listen to the lyrics of that song, they make no damn sense. It's just words crammed together that somehow like sound poetic. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it's such a weird, weird song, but it is so electric mayhem. I think my favorite verse in uh, that one, and I can't really tell you why. I just like the way it sounds. Fact is, there's nothing out there you can't do. Yeah, even Santa Claus believes in you. That's the best line by far. I love the idea of that, but at the same time, I'm like, that's so absurd. Yeah. I just, it's it's great. It's, it's but, funny but, you mentioned the lyrics because usually I'm a lyrics before melody person. Lyrics is what I will sure. gravitate to. But in my notes here, I've got nothing about the lyrics. So that's very telling. Because <laughs> um, they're, they're insane. No. And, and it's Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem are like, got to be up there with top fictional bands for sure. And it's, it's about the music, like it's about the vibe, it's about that funk rock mix, especially in this song that I really enjoy. So I do like that you get to see the whole band and that you get Floyd and Janice getting to have verses and, and lines in it as well. So it's my number three, partially because it's just so off the wall yeah. that I, I, I just, I love it for that reason. And it's still um, pushing plot. 
because they're doing the disguise of the car and things like that. So exactly. you're actually getting yeah. a good, you're getting a good montage scene in, in a sense. Oh, it's a, yeah. it's a great montage scene. The, just the, one of the opening lines, everybody's lover, everybody's brother. I want to be your lifetime friend. Crazy as a rocket, nothing in my pocket. I keep it at the rainbow's end. I never think of money. I think of milk and honey, grinning like a Cheshire cat. I focus on the pleasure, something I can treasure. Can you picture that? I love that they mentioned Cheshire Cat because that's some (laughs) Alice in Wonderland type of lyrics right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, it it straight up is. Yeah. It's it's insane. It's (laughs) insane. So then what's the number two? I've got a feeling. I might surprise you here. My number two is Rainbow Connection. Oh, you've done the switcheroo. Okay. I, I did. I did. We'll talk about my number one in a second, but it's it's narrowly number two um, because, of course, Rainbow Connection is an amazing song. It is, it's the one that was nominated for, for best song from this for a reason. It is a great song. It's, it's uh, inspiration. It's hopeful. It's, it's just a a well done song and the i mean i know there've been a million covers of it but there's no better performer for this song than Kermit the Frog agree okay. you know it's just that perfect blend it's just absolutely amazing but i will say it's also i think part of the reason that it's not my number 1 is that it is everyone's go to and so it's a little overdone for me. Like I said, it's still my number two. Yeah. So it's still up there, but it's just another yeah. one edges it out. I do like how they use the Muppet, uh, the Rainbow Connection throughout the Muppets because it's really representative of the Muppets and it's it's nearly transcended it because it's the one that was nominated. It's like climbing the charts and things like that. It's sort of like yeah. what? what we're seeing with We Don't Talk About Bruno happening at the moment. So yeah. <laughs> there's that parallel to that where that's just the yeah. song that, that breaks out. But I, I read that this was um, chosen for preservation by the Library of, Con- of, of Congress for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. And I'm always fascinated whenever, like, movies get chosen and in what yeah. year and things like that. So to see this being chosen for the uh, National Recording Registry really speaks mm. to the volume of, of its significance. I, yeah. I like... As you said, like this is the perfect recording of it because there have been countless covers of, of the Rainbow Connection. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy a lot of them, but this one I like yeah. because it's that opening scene. You just have that that simple banjo and that simple Kermit the Frog lyrics. So that's what brings it back to being relatable and inspiring. What I yeah. like about it, there's words in here that you can just cling to. So things like the lovers, the dreamers and me, it makes you feel seen. It makes you feel represented and heard. And I, I'm a sucker for a good la di da da in a song, and this has got one of the best, I think. There's just something very cathartic about singing the loves, the dreamers, and me, and then screaming la 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 out. Like, <laughs> it just releases something in you, I think. So I do Lovers, like this. The dreamers and me. I can't sing. Yeah, I wish I could sing so I could sing this bit. <laughs> well, that that was not my best version. I had I had a frog in my throat. Uh, <laughs> But what, what I like, as I was saying, how they use the instrumental very well. So they use it to back um, Kermit's journey throughout the film. So when it's that scene in the desert and he's very down on himself, you, you hear the Rainbow Connection instrumental, but in that, that minor sound in, in, in a melancholic way. 
that's echoing what Kermit's going through. And then in a few scenes later, when it's the last stand with Doc Hopper, you hear Rainbow Connection again when all the muffs surround him and it's that camaraderie and it's upbeat again because he's regained his hopes and dreams. So just, just what the Rainbow Connection and the through line of dreams and hope has throughout throughout the film. I, I just really appreciate it. It is such a beautiful, hopeful mm-hmm. song, which you don't necessarily associate the Muppets with something other than humor and comedy, but they, mm-hmm. they handle that, that sweet hopefulness yes. so well. And I think that's one of the, the reasons that this... Is timeless. You know, yeah, yeah. That this works, works so, yeah. so well. So let's talk the number one. Okay, um, so my number one is if you're key, if you know the the uh, the songs from the film, you already know it's uh, I'm going to go back there someday. Mm-hmm. I partially because I think it's one that doesn't get a whole lot of talk. Agreed. Um, because you know everybody talks about Rainbow Connection. Mm-hmm. That's the one that everybody discusses when they are talking about this song there is something about this song that I've always connected to I think it's probably the most somber song like it's it's very very wistful is what I wrote yeah exactly I mean obviously you know the uh the rainbow connection is also not like upbeat and, and whatever as well but this is the one that has the most kind of like reflection mm-hmm. and just kind of introspective yeah introspective it, it's there's a sadness to it Agreed. that that I um connect with and I just I talked about the uh the rainbow connection being hopeful and I feel honestly the same thing with this one but it is hope born out of loss mm-hmm. uh if you're not familiar with the song in connection with the film the song is gonzo basically talking about how he had that scene where he had all those those balloons and he was Mm -hmm. up in the sky and just kind of enjoying himself and in typical gonzo fashion is not worried at all everybody else is worried about him but he's just having the time of his life and now he's been brought back down to earth. It's like, I know this is where I am, but I miss that place. There is a, a sense of having found a place that you belong and then having lost it. But at the same time, not just hoping, but knowing that you're going to find it again. That just is so beautiful about this song there's something about gonzo being the most zany outlandish character having the parallel of having the moment that is the most touching to humanity possibly through in the film so i find that that um dichotomy very interesting it is a song especially i think for for anyone that's ever felt like you don't belong somewhere it, it's, a, it's a touchstone because it's like the, there is a place that you belong. And even if it feels unattainable, 
you you can feel like you belong. You can feel like you you fit in. That I just love. There's a there's a line in this song that there's not a word yet for old friends who've just met. It's yeah. just it's so ah. Uh, it's very touching. It's so yeah. To bring back like what's happening in the film with him and the balloons, but to take it to that next level and being able to relate to just something inside of you is extremely well done. I just, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, 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 I think even, even this has always been my favorite song from, from this film. Lovely. I just, like, like I said, I don't feel nearly enough people talk about how great this song is. And this is another one that a few people have covered. I don't think anybody else even comes close <laughs> to doing this justice because I think they go more for weird because it's Gonzo. Sure. And I'm like, I don't think you're listening to the song because it's not just, a, it's not about being weird. It's about belonging and yes. about finding your place. Listen well, all of you. So I'm going to kick off best quote, I think, because... Okay. Because we didn't touch on the magic store slash finale. Right, right. So, Which I, I often forget that one because it's kind of a... It's a wrap-up um, moment. Yes. Yeah, exactly. This is this has my absolute favourite quote of the film, the, the line that is going to resonate with me forever, if you know where I'm going with this. Um, but basically, there it is. What a fantastic <laughs> way to wrap everything up. And you definitely feel like the influence from The Muppet Show... So having everyone come together, have their own little moment. But yeah. this, this end scene, this end scene is everything. The rainbow, which symbolizes everyone's hopes and dreams, has been run, a running theme throughout the film, burst through the window. You have the cast version of the rainbow connection. So it's got that, that difference from, from yeah. what we've seen Kermit in the film. And you get um, Miss Piggy and Fozzie and everyone having getting to have their, their moments with it. When there's that panda camera and life's like a movie write your own ending keep believing keep pretending it, it's it's we have done oh it's so good and it's it's offbeat yeah. so it's almost it's, it's actually quite chilling usually i'm an emotional person i would definitely just <laughs> tear up or ugly cry at disney movies but for me this is a completely different sensation this is goosebumps this is goosebumps and chilling i like literally burst out into it when i was watching this like because as, as i said it's it's that that little two-step moment almost mm -hmm. of, of the way yeah. the the lyrics are being sung life's like a movie write your own ending that's just something that I'm going to take take away with me from this watch and maybe because it comes so late in the film I hadn't really taken the time but for yeah. this one when I could really just what am I enjoying what am I picking out I'm like wow that that is what I'm going to focus on and that's the takeaway from the movie for yeah. me what are your favorite quotes from the film okay uh so they're mostly jokes in fact, I think they're almost all jokes because there's just so many great ones in, in this. Uh, and, you know, so, some of them are a little better than others. But I think I've heard this before. But when I saw it this time, I was like, that is a great freaking joke. I love that joke. And it's, it's uh, early on when they are in the framing device. They're in the, the theater. And um, Fozzie is you know worrying about the movie and he's just like i hope i'm funny i hope i'm funny or i'll never be able to live with myself and then bunsen honeydew who you don't expect to be the one to to bunch up to bust out the pump punchline goes yeah. then you'll need another apartment 
That's so just, oh, that's great. Because again, it's the delivery and it's that character choice of that. So you're getting that voice from that character that just is like the cherry on yeah. top of that. It's it, it's great. And then, I mean, it's it's a it's a quick moment, but I just love because when you pair it with the visual, it's great because there's that moment where Piggy is sitting in a seat and then one of the monsters comes and just rips up the seat next to her and takes it away. And Kermit comes out and she goes, Kermie, I saved you a seat, but somebody took it. <laughs> Literally, somebody took it. It's that double that double word play. works on the yeah. multiple yeah. levels. Yes. End to the big crowd scene in the Elsley's cafe. Drinks on the house. And then the very next scene, they're all on the roof going, hey, the bartender said there's drinks on the house. Where are the drinks? And it's gr- oh, one of them gag. has an empty beer mug and he tips it upside down. It's great. Where did you learn to drive? I took a correspondence course. There, there are jokes in here that are definitely kind of dated that you wouldn't necessarily uh, get right away, but they can still be funny regardless. Because, you know, yeah. It, yeah. It, exactly. Yeah. It, there's something about that, about jokes that you kind of have to learn something to get the humor. It's, it's a gift that's been waiting for you kind of thing. And it's like, now that you know something, that that joke that's been there the whole time, now it's there. And now you get to open that present. And it's like, oh, this was cool. Um, uh, bear left, right frog. For, for the longest time, I thought it was bear left, frog right. Which to me actually structurally makes more sense. What I love is that it's, it's a diegetic joke because even Kermit goes, huh, See what you did there. You know, it's like he comments on the joke. It's great. One last line before I hit hit on my, two of my biggies. When Orson Welles is Lou Lord, he's met the Muppets, calls his secretary, Miss Tracy, draw up the standard rich and famous contract for Kermit the Frog and the, Fritz. The fact that they bring that back in Muppets 2011, I couldn't believe it. Like that's a thing, rich and the standard rich and famous contract. I feel like that is a joke to everyone in the industry. Like, yeah, it's that easy. Sure. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. And that's like the cherry on top of the journey they've been through to get famous. Like you just walk into the office and there it is handed to you. Yeah. 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 It's, it's insane. It's insane. But okay. So I am now going to go back because I have to hit on the two running jokes. If I had to pick these two would probably be my pick for best line. The running joke of uh, it's a myth, a myth. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, What's hilarious about that is if you listen and you put on the closed captioning, she doesn't say yes. She says, yes. Myth, myth, yes. And obviously I don't feel like they're making fun of people with speech impediments. That is a play on words. That is the running with the, and I will say, I thought it was done much more throughout the, it's only done twice, but just the, the way it's done just so, nonchalantly it's a myth a myth yeah the way carol kane does that like i said just great so great the one that actually 
twice yeah got me is the Hare Krishna line that and I did not funny, pick that up the first time that's you what, gotta watch what, that the second time well what what's funny is that nowadays very few people are going to know what Hare Krishna is sure but you really don't need to all you really need to know is that it was a kind of an odd religious it. set yeah. but the whole you know I'm lost have you tried Hare Krishna what I love is that they do it three times and they do it completely different every single time. The first time it's in that scene with Dom DeLuise and Kermit does the joke to, to, to Dom. Yes. The second time it's in the El Slizo Cafe and a guy behind Kermit gives the punchline. Kermit just turns around like, you stole my joke. <laughs> oh, it's a running gag now. Yeah, it's a running gag. I, okay, all right. <laughs> Everybody just doing everybody's jokes. And then the last one, my favorite one, is on the church sign outside of the church where the electric mayhem is playing because it literally just says, lost? Have you tried Hare Krishna? I just, it's done so well for a, a joke that's that outdated to still be one of the funniest jokes in the film is just, it, it's great. Oh, 100% agree. This is your badness level. How evil is yes. the villain? Okay, so he's cartoonish. Let's take that out of it. If you just break down the things that Doc Hopper is willing to do, he's pretty ruthless. Like, it is explained to him in several different ways. I mean, number one, just what he's asking Kermit to do He's basically asking Kermit to, at the very least, sell the body parts of his own species. Yeah. That is super disturbing. Yes. Most likely to promote the death and then eating of his, his own species. He's completely deaf to any sort of Kermit saying that this is disturbing to him that this makes him uncomfortable let's just say doc hopper would be canceled today uh <laughs> does not listen to kermit doesn't even listen to max who he thinks is his friend and goes to the point where you know tries to have his brain scrambled and then straight up just is willing to murder him to the point where i'm just like why don't you just make a Kermit doll? Because that's basically all you're going to be getting at this point to the, the point that he's pushing. Because he's basically just saying, if I can't have what I want, nobody can have you, is, is that kind of- That's the mindset, mentality. Of, exactly. He's completely self-absorbed to a psychopathic degree. I think he's he's pretty up there. I mean, like I said, he is cartoonish. So I think that does bring him down a couple of points, but I'd say he's at least a 7.5 to an eight. Oh, like, agreed. He's just, he is the definition of arch. He is <laughs> evil for evil's sake. He has no depths he will not stoop to to get his own way. 
know, as you said, like when I'm watching the film, I'm thinking, okay, he's he's persistent. That that that's good. He's he's then it's he's tenacious. Then I'm like, oh my god, I'm just so frustrated with this character. Is not yeah. listening. Is not learning. Is not growing. Good. So as you said, he's so good. outlandish, uh, outlandish, cartoonish, yeah. very broad strokes, mustache twirling villain right. style, and that's fine. You need that yeah. because you have the Muppets being so wacky on the other hand as well. So it allows both to work in a sense. Yeah. I, I will say though, great performance from Charles Durning. Absolutely. I love him in this role. And Austin Pendleton. Yeah, let's touch on Max. Yeah. Austin Pendleton is the kind of sidekick, henchman, kind of conflicted role very well. Because really, it's Max's fault that Hopper even knows about Kermit. Because uh, Max is the first one to spot him it, when uh, his uh, bike gets run over by the uh, the steamroller. It's a good thing frogs can jump, otherwise I'd be gone with the swim. That also touches on what I find very iconic about the Muppet movie is Kermit riding the bicycle. Yeah, that was a huge deal. Yes. And I, what I love is in like the very next movie, they're like, you guys like that so much. Uh, we'll just put all of them on bikes. Yes. Blew everyone's mind. Because <laughs> they were just like, yeah, it's kind of cool, but we'll just up it. Yeah. It's kind we'll of, it's very uncanny to see. And at yeah. first I was like, it's a little uncomfortable because it's just that different perspective that you've never really had yeah. before. But then I'm like, that is just amazing how they've um, engineered that. But yeah, no, Max is a great great sidekick for Doc Hopper. And um, as we said, Doc Hopper's so out there, Max at least brings it down a little bit yeah. more. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. He's that that kind of, yeah, he's kind of the straight man for Doc Hopper yeah. kind, kind of thing. And then we get um, the frog killer as well. We don't see a lot of it, but yeah. it does set up that good high noon sequence at the end. Just to see Kermit in a cowboy hat yes. and boots with spurs. I mean, number one, what I love is that he's still naked. He's still just wearing a cowboy hat, the gun holster belt, and boots with spurs. That's all he's wearing. I love the shot between his legs where you see the hat. I'm like, you know they stole that from like some great Western, but to see it done with Kermit, it's brilliant and that's absolutely brilliant that's the point of it is the, is the parody yeah. of it that's so enjoyable yes. being able to yes. insert the muppets into the situations as we alluded yeah. to earlier that's good yeah practically perfect in every way so i think i might already know the answer to this clay what do you rate okay. the film out of 10 i mean if we are rating this uh in terms of muppet films it's a okay. solid 10 yep because I personally, and I, I love them all, but in my opinion, this is, it's the best one. I, I, I think they, they hit it out of the park first time. It's just so well-constructed, so funny, great. So There are just so many great things to say about it. I mean, if we're writing it as a movie overall, mm-hmm. I'd probably say eight and a half. It's still pretty up there, still pretty high, but it does have some 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 rust here and there, but I do think it is the best Muppet film, and I love Muppet films, so it's going to be pretty high. 
Yeah, for me, with um, only coming to this particular film more recently, in, in the last five years, yeah. let's say that's recently, this one grows on me the more I watch it. I guess because I've been exposed to um, the 90s ones and the 2011 and the show and stuff and just knowing it. So when I first watched it, I'm like, okay, yeah, good, not great. But then every time, yeah. like, I think it ranks, like, at least a 0.5 higher. I think my first one would have been 7, then 7.5, and now I've landed on 8. And this, I think yeah. it's definitely that that ending shot has just bumped it a half a point for me. I love yeah. it. So, yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised and really happy to watch this one again. Oh, well, Clay, I could just yeah keep chatting about mamas for ages. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today and yeah, chatting no with me. I've had an absolute blast. Where can people find you? You can find me definitely on The Flying Cow. Uh, we have a podcast feed. You can find that on uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. We talk about television and movies. Right now, it's been a little while since I've released, but I'm, get, I'm in the process of kind of kicking things in a high gear and hopefully there'll be a lot more on there in the future uh i also have uh movie battles which uh kelly is currently the champion <laughs> disney pixar movie battles champion we do if you're at all familiar with the schmodown or the fcl or any of the other trivia adjacent things we do disney pixar specific trivia have a lot of fun do storylines as well and you can find that on youtube the best way i've found to find it is to type in the flying cow movie battles yes i'm on twitter and instagram as the flying cow pod or mm -hmm. i'm also on twitter as uh just flying cow wonderful oh thanks for joining us this episode catch you next time and when you come to the end <laughs> stop Thank you for joining me on this episode of Doing Disney. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Doing Disney Podcast and Twitter at Doing Disney Pod.